The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 234 Breakdown. We're back. We still a fight Babylon. <laughs> well, many miles away and them still no move yet. What goes up must come down, so them still a fret. It's all about fear, turn not intellect. Your love is psychological more than the tech. From your heart to your eyes, from your eyes to your brain. Believe in a better life and not turn up in vain. Can you feel this weird joy without feeling no pain? Your love is extra biblical, just member him. What? is up you savages this is the protect your neck podcast and i am your host dan tom analyst whose work you can find at mmajunkie.com and five days a week on mma junkie radio but on this year program the protect your neck podcast we break down high level mma that's what we're going to do here today tonight hopefully you're listening to this before the fight because i'm actually getting it out before the weigh-ins uh, no, not on Thursday night as I thought. This is actually being recorded uh, in the wee, hour, wee hours for me, folks, like 6.30 in the morning. Uh, Vegas time, uh, you know, cue up the technical difficulty sign in The Simpsons where it shows the cameraman drinking because there were technical difficulties, but there also was drinking involved. Um, no, uh, the drinking part, obviously, we had uh, Rob, Rob Van Dam on the show and uh, I wasn't even. I wasn't planning to, 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 to have a have a drink or anything like. That. But Rob Van Dam wanted to have beers, and Rob Van Dam wanted to have beers. Well, uh, uh, co-host ended up giving in as well, but they were a bit more reluctant at first. So I, I I just took one for the team. I can't I can't I can't help it if I see if I see a soldier that wants to have a have a nice cold beverage and uh, you know be the only guy it's like ah same thing with eating too because i'm usually that guy with food more than with with drinking uh to be honest i'm uh, <laughs> i love my food unfortunately but yeah you don't want to be the only guy eating so anyways i i uh kicked a few back but no that that wasn't why i, I was in good shape i you know was able to get home at a reasonable time and and uh knock out the last of my prelim study almost the last of it had like two fights to go or so, and uh, my internet has legitimately been like giving out every night at about like midnight for whatever reason, which is fine because my body's been wanting to tap out by midnight or 1 a.m. anyways. Um, can't pull the all-nighters like I used to, so it was kind of welcoming. I was like, okay, I'll just take this as a sign that uh, you know I should go to sleep during the week, but last night when I had to record the podcast, it did not come in handy, and uh, I could have recorded it. You know, without the internet, but there's the whole, you know, if I want to pull stuff up, going off betting lines, and more importantly, I, I would have gone through, uh, done a late version, and you would have had a worse version of my voice than you're getting already, uh, which again, will improve with my health kind of tied together, so still working on that, folks, uh, things to come, things to come on that front. Uh, but yeah, I, I have been, uh, also working behind the scenes on many things, personal and business wise. So, but yeah, uh, so some slight changes to come, we should help all that. So the positive changes folks, so don't worry, but yes, uh, not forgetting what I keep hinting at and alluding to it is, it is down the pipe as they say, but yeah, so, uh, so, so last night I just, I just made the call and I'm like, you know what, let's just, let's set the alarm. Let's get some sleep. And, uh, you know, let's wake up in about four or five hours, which I did, and then uh, my second coffee here. I'm going to take a sip before I forget. Yeah, sorry, not trying to name drop or anything like with the the, the, the pro wrestling tie or whatever. Not that it, you know, Rob, Rob Van Dam's the biggest name. Most of you guys don't know him, and yeah, I don't blame you. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, even though uh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big pro wrestling head by any means. Don't worry, I'm not about to turn this into a pro wrestling podcast, folks. We're gonna we're gonna get to the breakdown. It's gonna be a pretty expedited show in that regard. But uh, but you know, <clears throat> I, I was lucky enough to finally get sucked in in the golden era. You know, I. Grew up watching guys like the Ted DiBiase's and stuff because my uncle who babysit me was real into it. But really, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I was just more that friend that would make fun of it. Like, look, they're in tights. They're hugging. Like, these guys really like each other, huh? And just to antagonize my friends who liked it because they were just also very easy to work up. So it just, you know, became a game. And I actually didn't hate pro wrestling, but it was just it just was fun to piss people off, right? So there's that. And uh, I was a big Scott Hall, Razor Ramon fan, right? And, uh, you know, that carried into, you know, WCW and the, the the golden era, right, ninety six through ninety eight ish, and uh, that those were also the years I went through high school, which were also the years that uh, Rob Van Dam was in ECW, which was more the hardcore. You know, it was like what Pride was to the UFC essentially. So while you know WWF, as I more fondly remember it, and WCW was in its golden era, so to speak, and in, in one of its proverbial heydays, you had this kind of quiet promotion just doing hardcore shit. Uh, that took a lot of stuff from Japan and or guys that came from Japan, even, you know, uh, guys from North America like Rob Van Dam, who uh, wrestled a bit in the early 90s in Japan before he went to ECW. It seemed like a natural fit for him and, and I'm sure many others. Right. So. Uh, but yeah, and I came across it, of course, because I just I had, this, I had totally forgot about this uh, until, you know, it goes and told me we're having Rob Van Dam on the show. And I was like, oh, shit. And this, this kid from junior high school, his name is Anthony, I think his name was Anthony Calarco. I mean, this was like, I'm part Italian, so forgive me, but he was the most greasiest looking Italian kid ever. Fucking, like, uh, you know, curly hair, but like fucking pimply face, but braces and kind of kind of chubby. It was like a mix of like, uh, you could draw him right out of a Toy Story film, like uh, Sid. Like, you know, if Sid had a, a really kind and kind of half-retarded brother <laughs> or, uh, or someone from a Bronx tale, you know, one of the kids ducking, uh, ducking C, you know. Uh, but anyways, and he would just, this kid was probably like the most excited, honestly, I'm not even exaggerating, probably to this day, to this day, uh, the most excited person about, passionate person about anything that I've ever witnessed in my life, right? Like, pound for pound. Like, you know, I always joke and say, In-N-Out Burger, pound for pound, most overrated thing ever. It's, it's up there. Top five. Like, this guy's, like, top five, pound for pound, like, most passionate dudes about anything. And he loved ECW. He'd freak the fuck out. And I would come into class on Monday. And, again, 96 to 98, there wasn't iPhones and YouTube, folks. So, unfortunately for me, fucking Anthony Calarco couldn't just pull up his phone right before fourth period, and we could be done with the goddamn conversation. No... He had to talk my ear off. Bro, did you see what Tommy Dreamer did over the weekend? He would like legitimately sound like that and freak out. Like, bro, Sabu came in. It was so crazy. And I'm like, dude, calm down. Calm. And it would suck because I was, you know, A, held hostage to this for however long the class period was. Then B, I would have to go out and seek these things and, 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 and try to find them and watch them, which there was internet, but it was... Harder to find stuff like that, and and yeah, uh, just to shut them up, and uh, that's how I actually became familiar with ECW. But anyway, so um, even though I'm not, I wasn't the the hugest fan, or you know, I, I honestly probably wouldn't put Rob Van Dam in my top five. Though I mean, he's he's a very accoladed guy just in general, and, and I wouldn't hate that. But uh, 
but yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. I gotta say. Anyways, sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't wax that much on the show. Dan, you wax all the time. All right, I'm getting to the breakdown. I'm getting to the breakdown. All right, folks, I'm actually pulling up lines right now. Um, and apologies again for last week too. Uh, while, while I'm pulling up these lines. Um, we're going to go from top to bottom, by the way. I know we usually go from bottom to top, uh, you know, the, the power bottom approach, as I like to call it. Uh, but, Jesus, that was, that was weak, Dan. Um, but <laughs> but uh, you let me know what you guys think is better. I know definitely for, like, you know, like salacious fights and stuff or, like, you know, really big fights we get excited about, it definitely feels right to start from the top. But, yeah, I just I always feel like I run out of steam. Even episodes where I, I actually do in the morning, which I, I like better. I feel like I get my uh, my most productive work done. And unfortunately, the day to day kind of grinds behind the scenes. Uh, we we move to a night show, but but that doesn't mean we're just only working during that show, folks. The daytime is filled with uh, a lot of distractions, so uh, it's nice to kind of have a clear morning. I'm actually taking this Friday off, folks, for what this worth being recorded on Friday, and I'm taking a couple days off from the radio show uh, next week too. So don't be alarmed. Uh, I would still be doing my normal analysis. Just again, have some things to take care of and clear up, and it just—it's literally impossible. I don't joke about the diminishing returns kind of stacked against me weeks that, that I have. And I'm not playing a violin by any means, folks. It's my choice. It's a fucking awesome life. I'm stoked. I wouldn't have it any other way. But but you know, real life's real life, and uh, you gotta hustle hard to if you want to. Um, make ends meet or, or stay in certain spots, especially in this game. So so no complaints, but but, but yeah, you got 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 to move things around when you need to. So if you don't see me every day next week, that 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 is, that is why. That is why. That is why. Dan, don't sing. You already said bad jokes to the audience. Get to the damn breakdown. That's why they're here. All right, folks. So we're, this one's in Melbourne, Australia, UFC 234 because we skipped UFC 233, of course. And uh sip my coffee here. Oh, it's like a warm hugging a cup. Um, so yeah, and you know, it's a, it's an Australian card, so it's it, it it's gonna get its criticisms of not being the strongest, or I think top heavy is the word being thrown around on the Twitter But um, but yeah, man, um, it, it's a. Some opportunities uh, for degenerates. I thought I could think on these cards. I think a lot of the lines that I'll be giving today obviously have been kind of inflated or moved, if you will, by this time. It's going to be a late weigh-in, so I didn't even bother pushing it. So this was recorded before the weigh-in, so I'm going to assume everybody's on weight. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, let's let's uh. Let's just get into it from the top. All right, it's headlined with a middleweight title fight. Robert Whitaker, champion, comes in at your favorite, minus 230. Comeback on Kelvin Gast, the one plus 190. Uh, one of the fights I have uh, broken down uh, in depth on there in the MMA Junkie, which, by the way, yes, there's only a, a main and co-main this week. Uh, lightness of the card, uh, obviously, uh, you know, to be honest, if it, Regardless of the, of the quality of the card, you know, you know me usually. Uh, I, I'm a completist, so I, if I had it my way, I would be doing every card and every paper pay per view. But like I say, folks, uh, traffic dictates uh, dictates a lot of things in this uh, in this you know MMA MMA world. We we choose to take part in. So 
yeah, clickbait articles and pivots to video or whatever you want to criticize of, 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 of media trends of late, you, you could say valid, sure, a lot of it, but valid or not, um, you can either complain with your energy or vote with your dollars and, and, and uh, promote, um, you know, hardcore articles like this or like mine or, you know, ones on other sites too. I'm not, not just trying to be uh, completely biased here, just, just trying to really stick to that message because it, it holds true for all of us in the media. All right, anyways. Um, sorry, I'm pausing because I'm thinking of all these shouts, but I know they'll just sidetrack me, so I'm just going to try to plow through. And if they come up organically throughout the episode, I'll get to them there. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, yeah, I did break this one down. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I they're not too far. These line, this line has kind of stayed the same. I think people like myself are are picking Whitaker and feel that he pretty much is the better fighter everywhere. But Kelvin Gastelum, you know, he's one that surprises many. Even people like myself who who's backed him so many times as a as a dog. Um, and uh, and and yeah, you know, I had him against you know Tim Kennedy in a. A uh, number of other fights, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't hate anybody taking the shot, or, or you know, you can't sleep on him for sure. You know, those one twos in the pocket that he keeps hitting on everybody are super impressive. But you know, you could also take the angle like, well, these were these were these were older guys. This was you know Tim Kennedy who retired after that fight, Vitor who should have been retired slash retired shortly after that fight. Um, Bisping, who retired, so I shouldn't have took that fight. Uh, Souza, who, you know, you can make an argument that he won, but again, no, no, no not atrocious there. Um, I, I think I, in real time, I scored it for Kelvin, but thought Souza was going to win just because they were in Brazil and it was close enough. Um, and yeah, you know, Hendricks on his downslide. That was the last time he fought at 170. And, uh, you know, Marquardt, uh, corner stoppage, you know, he's kind of retired on his way out. Ellenberger on his way out. Musoke never came to fruition to what he did. It was a split decision over story. So, again, you can kind of pick apart what's going through his wins. And they're very easy to pick apart. Of course, I'm not. Again, I'm a Kelvin Gastelum supporter. Uh, you know, uh, always nice to see the, the, the smaller guys doing well going up in weight, underdogs. You know, um, nice guy. Um, stylistically, uh, the fighter I like, southpaw pressure fighter, uh, wrestler, uh, like scrambles, grambly rolls. I mean, I, I, so much I like about this dude. So, so again, not not hating, but it, it's funny how you can kind of pick apart a a record. But this fight, also on paper, you know sticking more relevant he's facing Robert Whitaker and I think on paper a lot of people are looking at the speed and I definitely did too um that being said I don't think it's going to be that much of a factor it's not like he's you know he's going to have the jump on an older bigger sluggier middleweight like he's had in a lot of his matchups that aren't used to the smaller guys or those smaller looks whereas Whitaker he's already the fastest one of the fastest and most athletic in the division proving that by not just being the champ Beating guys like Yoel Romero, not trying to overly weigh on that math, but it's there. It's and, and it's a nice sample size to have. Um, 
all the pros and cons included. It's, it's, that's, that's a, that is a solid sample size. I think that's why everybody's referring to it a lot. But yeah, uh, and furthermore, more importantly, is Robert Whitaker obviously a former welterweight, so uh, explains why he is fast and also having success at this weight class like Gastelum. Um, and, uh, you know, he's also used to those, those looks. Uh, granted, you could argue those looks gave him trouble. Uh, Steven Thompson or Speed, uh, which definitely, you know, Speed is more the argument. But, you know, when I said, oh, he's 3-0 against Southpaws, we were like, oh, he got knocked out by Steven Thompson. I'm like He did, but Steven Thompson is a switch dance fighter. And for what it's worth, not just the significant shot that really led to the end, the one that he lands a couple beats before that that really stuns him, both of those were right hands from Orthodox Dance, if we want to get technical about it. But, but yeah, um... I'll address something else and remind me something else, but I'll come in the next fight too. Someone commented on it. I didn't get a chance to respond to it on Twitter. Uh, again, I'm kind of speaking to how kind of tunnel vision I get on, on weeks and how much things like I got going on both work-wise and behind the scenes. It's been uh, so I haven't seen your boy tweeting too much there. So uh, apologies. I haven't gotten back to that. I'll try to address those tweets on the show. And of course, yeah, if you guys ever had anything, I won't, I won't tear you apart or anything. I'm, I'm an asshole, Kate, but I'm not a fucking asshole. A little George Clooney there. At least our usual theme songs, homage from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I don't think speed's going to be as much of a factor. I mean, yeah, can gas will knock him out, but I mean, it's going to be from inches of a mistake more than some kind of some you know abhorrent speed advantage that 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 Kelvin carries with him. I don't think it's going to be anything like that, folks. Um, Interesting part's going to be the jab. Kelvin's gotten uh, better with it, better feeling uh, with it, but Whitaker's, man, it's it's really underrated. It comes from a unique angle. Um, he's able to find it on, 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 on southpaws, and when they want to get cute and switch orthodox, he'll kind of abuse it more. Uh, same, with a, same with a leg kick. But... Obviously, he likes to prod distance as well. He's got those excellent front teeps from the front and, and rear. The rear one he kind of uses to launch into his left hooks or shifting overhands. It's really, really nice. You know, he really combines that his hop keto kind of and karate base there with uh, this unique, you know, unique kickboxing. And boxing has gotten you know just, just much better over the years. Uh, so even though... Gaslam has improved his boxing again. They just they equalize on a lot of ways, but Whitaker a little more proven, a little uh, at this weight class. He ventured up here earlier, and that was fun. Uh, I didn't watch the Smashes series, but you know I was just like, who's this you know Maori looking cat over here? And uh, I was like, oh it's Robert Whitaker, and uh, also kind of just resembles a buddy of mine. Uh, this is a strength and conditioning coach, also a professional fighter, uh, 155er, Gil Gardado. Looks like Gil, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Uh, so I was like, hey, hey. So it would always kind of stick in my head. And then he had the name Reaper, and I was like, man, that sounds like... And this is before I knew Robert Whitaker was a gamer. I'm like, Reaper sounds like a guy, and like whether you're playing like Counter-Strike or some like FPS shooter online, like if you see a guy like named like the Reaper, he's usually like 26 and three when kills, you know, <laughs> kill to death ratio. Like, and so finding out that he was a gamer, I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes more sense. And I'm again, I'm not a hardcore gamer, but I could appreciate that, that dynamic. And, uh, he looks like a, such a killer, but then you hear, you see him in the interview, he plays games, he's a good family guy, you know, really, really humble. 
you know, soft, you know, soft spoken in a sense. And uh, and yeah, so I appreciate that. I know he's not the most out there guy, and Dana White doesn't seem to like that. Which, you know, uh, you know, it makes me scratch my head there. But also, you know, root for Whitaker, you know, just to be who he is, uh, even more so. So, I mean, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mind that stuff. You know me. I'm I'm kind of weird like that. Guy doesn't need to be boisterous to get my attention. But, yeah, uh, Whitaker, man, he's, he's a guy, by the way, I mean, not that pound for pound unless mean anything, but he'd be in, like, my five or six spot. Um, I have him, for example, I have him, you know, uh, 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 under the champ champ kind of people, obviously, but, like, just above Woodley. I don't want a telemarketer, no. Uh, sorry, getting a telemarketer call. But yeah, um, so anyways, I, I I pretty much, you know, I see not only Whitaker's speed, but more importantly his movement, the angles that he can take, he can move laterally, shift, uh, take angles, and I think that's what's going to keep him ahead coupled with the speed. And more importantly, his style. I think that's what's going to keep him ahead. I don't know if he's going to get a finish on Gaslam. Gaslam seldom hurt, man. He's eight, like, three fu- like flush Woodley right hands. Two, at least, for sure, flush ones. And, uh, yeah, man, the dude just just <laughs> eats it like I imagine he eats everything else, you know. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so, <laughs> it's hard to bank on that. Although, I will say, part of me, like, you know, it's like a, a cheeky sub prop, if you will. I think it's like the Whitaker by submission. What is it? Plus twelve fifty. Which you know what? Maybe I'll put a dollar bet, a dollar bet on there. Old dollar bet, my old degenerate dollar. Because Dan Tom bets like a fucking eight year old allowance, folks. So, uh, not that you should be fucking listening to me anyway. So where to put your money? But yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, I'll put a dollar on it. Fuck it. There it is. All right. Yeah, um, because even though I picked him by decision, and that makes more sense, you can get plus money on that prop, I think, too, as well, if you want to sprinkle. Um, rather than having a lay chalk on, on a minus 230, I don't know. I mean, I'm somewhat confident in Whitaker, but I don't know if I'm that confident. Uh, so if you're just trying to be degenerate, look for some plus money to keep things interesting. Um, decision, or I think by submission, by inside. And the reason is because not only is Gastelum durable, um, it's at a higher weight, and fucking Whitaker hits hard. Uh, and the way these guys are going to catch each other, because they're both fast, the way they exchange, if someone does, it's probably going to be a real collision. It's going to be something really, you know, it, it'll, it'll, it, it could be something that sits Kelvin down. And then from there, I could see Whitaker um, jump on something, jump on a choke kind of a thing because, you know, not wanting to punch himself out, knowing Gaslam's tough. And again, Whitaker's a really underrated ground game. Um, remember the last Cordero pressure guy he fought, uh, or not really, not pressure guy, but Cordero guy, at least at the time, was uh, Uriah Hall. And he pressured him, I should say, and uh, took him down when he could. And... Uh, Obviously, Gaslam better ground game than Hall. Uh, but, you know, you look at how he did in the wrestling scrambles uh, in, with Yoel Romero. Um, and also looking that he's, he's he's worked with Smeaton Grange BJJ for a while, but he's always had a, what is it, I think PMA or whatever, 
martial arts center, I think it was. That was always kind of his main stable, but I didn't see it on his Instagram for like months. Uh, when I was doing my scan, it was mainly, it looked like he's mainly spent all his time, even when he's doing pads or having sparring sessions, it still looks like he was in the BJJ gym, the Smeet and Grange. So, uh, I don't know if he's been really kind of focusing on his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which this would be, you know, not not the worst match to do it. His wrestling is already serviceable enough to, to face a guy like Gaslam, you know, striking in BJJ, why not? Uh, but but yeah, I could I could low key see that being a way this finishes that people don't suspect. But other than that, it's the main thing. It's, it's Gaslam early or Whitaker uh, late slash by decision, uh, which for me it's the decision. But um, yeah. All right, co-main event time. Israel Adesanya, minus 535. Line to come down a bit, down to earth a bit. Versus Anderson Silva, plus 420. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with Adesanya here, and uh, as uh, as the commenters, which I, I don't read comments too often, but it, it is just, just usually for the peace of mind to remind myself that the sky is blue in the sense that people who comment are not 101 percent not even 99 but 101 percent are people they don't read the article <laughs> which is always just great that's just the rule of the internet right either the people who comment are the most appalled are the ones that don't read the articles and uh someone's saying uh you know uh three pages for dan tom to say the obvious first of all thank you for using my name second of all if you know my name well enough or go to my articles enough you should know what you're going to get in that regard. And secondly, if you read it, it actually wasn't quite the obvious take because uh, even though I did take Adesanya, I took him by decision, which should raise an eyebrow alone because the obvious take is that he's going to get walloped in the first or second round, which definitely could happen, folks, and I don't deny that in the breakdown. Uh, but uh, there actually is, is, is a take there, and another gentleman was a little more constructive about it and said uh, it didn't, I didn't address... Um, any any wrestling or uh, pack the Anderson Silva's better jujitsu so he could take him down. It's just like, for one, when have you seen Anderson Silva been shooting double legs? He's gonna do it now at you know, forty was it forty one, forty three years old. Forty, I should know this, but he's gonna do you know, after you know injuries and fucking titanium rods to fix his broken limbs. Like now he's gonna now he's gonna wrestle when. You know, I already kind of have my theory as to why older older fighters uh, wrestle less, even if that's their style. Yeah, 43. Jesus Christ, going to be 44 in a month or two, or two, few months. But yeah, I mean, and then secondly, I actually do give credit, Silva credit in the wrestling, uh, because he actually did show some improvements, had some moments in that fight with Derek Brunson, which granted is you know almost you know, two years ago at this point. But it's his most relevant sample size, so what are you going to do? Um and uh, even DC in the commentary was giving them credit there. So uh, I put my breakdown, leave room to be surprised in that regard. But man, after watching you know Adesanya being able to not just defend takedowns, but scramble when taken down or scramble when kind of halfway taken down and denying it, like, all, all these different phases and levels of the of a takedown completion and seeing how he responds to it. I, I don't I don't know what Silva's going to offer in that in that in that regard. And, and his clinch kind of like I am. I uh, or like how I write in the, in the breakdown, you know, um, this was a once revered area. I mean, I think Anderson Silva taught a lot of people about the tie clinch in his initial title run back in 2006, but has since become a more tourist friendly attraction in recent years, sadly. Oh, this is the Anderson Silva clinch. Nice. Here's some shots. As my Derek, as what Derek Brunson did, right? Um, 
so yeah, uh, I, I, I'm good. Let's just say I'll be holding my breath anytime these guys, uh, enter or exit clutch space. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, man, you know, the reason why I pick Silva against Brunson is the, you know, the lone path to victory. If anybody wants to humor one for this fight, right, is, uh, is that he's going to use his veteran savvy and uh, win rounds from him, steal rounds from him, if you will. He knows how to do that. I think Adesanya knows all this. He knows his playbook. He studied his prey. I I'm not worried about tactical choices, fight IQ. Uh, obviously, I'm not worried about speed or skills or, or any of that. Um, it's more just a, a psychological test for, for Izzy, I believe, you know, is he going to be able to kill the idol here? Uh, hence the chapter, uh, killing your idols, which is probably what, uh, uh, would be a better name for the breakdown now that I think about it. Killing your idols. That sounds better, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, that's, that's ultimately what I think, you know, he's going to have to, have to decide if he wants to do here. You know, folks, and uh, part of me thinks that, you know, if he can set up a clean shot and take him out and, and it's, you know, with one shot, obviously it's done. Or even if it's, you know, gets him with 10% of his life, so to speak, with that one shot, I don't think he'll have trouble finishing the job. But if that shot doesn't come, I'm not sure how much of an intuitive beating uh, or I'm sure he'll do it attritively, but I'm not sure if it'll be enough to get him out of there. Uh, Silva does always have this crazy ability to take shots um, when you really look at it. I know his age and all this stuff. And, but really, aside from the one Weidman fight, um, it's a lot of speculation he was hurt. I mean, he would always recover really well. Uh, or until his shin snapped, <laughs> at the very least, right? But, uh, God, it's not, don't laugh at that, Dan. But, um... But yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I it gets really sneaky if this goes to the decision, but I do see it going to the decision. That's it. I do see Adesanya passing the psychological test and being able to get it done. Um, I'm not sure how much Adesanya decision prop, but that was worth looking at if you're looking to keep this interesting and not want to just throw, uh, throw you know, money on the dog just because it's Anderson Silva or just because it's a big number, which I don't, I don't blame you for that either, by the way, especially, um, a decision prop, but, uh, yeah, Adesanya by decision prop plus two thirty-two. Yeah. That's, that's, that's some hefty plus money for a guy, you know, anyway, that I, I mean, for a fight that I, I, I see going that, that way, would I be surprised again by a finish? No, but, but that's my reasoning for thinking it goes to decision. Sorry, folks. I'm, I'm still getting going here. <laughs> Waking up, so this coffee should kick in soon. Hopefully, I'm gonna sip it. So we move on to the next fight. Ronnie Yaya, who has now moved to minus 105, uh, is still not plus money, but uh, the underdog to Ricky Simone Vato, Ricky Simone minus 115. In Ricky, um, yeah, I can see why Ricky Simone's favored. Wrestling, his ability to scramble, uh, serviceable strikes, can maintain his cool in a hellfire. Like a guy like uh, against a guy like uh, Merab Tovalishvili. 
Um, but even though he has an on-paper wrestling and striking advantage over Yaya, which on paper should cancel out the jiu-jitsu and the rock-paper-scissors basic deduction of MMA breakdowns, right? I, I, don't, I, I think not. I've always had a pretty good feel on Ronnie Yaya, uh, whether betting for him or against him. Like, I was, I was big on Soto when everybody was uh, down on him just because he lost three fights or something like that. And I also have made money on him since every time by submission and straight up. Um, Yaya has improved his wrestling and quietly improved his striking since moving American to top team. More importantly, excuse me, his suspect gas tank, which was a problem in a couple of his fights for sure, right? Uh, and then he's getting, you know, wins at, at elevation uh, in Mexico City after that. So I think that move to American top team has been great for him. And not only the striking, gas, uh, gas tank and wrestling, but even jujitsu. you know. Um, who was it? Which fight was that? Was, I think it was his last one, right? And he got the uh, heel hook. Or second to last one. I'm pulling it up now. Do, 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 do. Yeah, Luke Sanders. Um, man, what the hell happened with that guy, right? Um, yeah, he... Uh, was using that for an entry, couldn't get the takedown, and did one of those kind of drop downs into a, a scramble, almost like Huzumar Palhara style, except he could chain off it uh, better, I would argue, than Huzumar, who, or Huzumar was, was a lock, strap, and kill kind of a guy. If, but if you were able to get out of the initial ones, you could pose problems, uh, as Alan Belcher proved. Uh, whereas Yaya um, actually just got deeper as the scrambles went on. The more Luke rolled, so to speak, he was able to. And you saw him kind of rolling through. You, you, when you have the heel hook and a guy rolls, you can go calf crank if you're flexible and know that submission. Or kind of come up for the cr calf crank but let it go, which I do now because I've actually, one of my first times I popped my knee was because of a, I went for like a calf crank style thing, but the guy got up too fast and I was sitting in and committed. So I was sitting into a leg that was coming up. And he just, anyways, hard to describe that one. But yeah, the knee went away. It wasn't supposed to. So you'll see a lot of guys kind of use that roll and then kind of come up and try to take their back and grab onto their hips. Um, so it just, man, it just, anyways, it's making Yaya dangerous pretty much fucking everywhere. And uh, again, even though Ricky Simon Vato appears to be the more tighter striker for sure on the feet, it's not like he's some knockout artist or putting guys out. And in fact, Ricky Simone's getting dropped a lot. Um, you know, um, I think he got dropped in that Devalishvili fight. I think he got dropped in... Uh, I mean, he gets dropped in a lot of his fights. He got dropped before he got submitted by... Uh, was, it, was it Anderson Dos Santos? I'll pull that up. Sorry, folks. Just a few days ago, I researched this fight. Um, yeah, Anderson Dos Santos. But yeah, so I mean, I, I shoot, I wouldn't even be surprised if Yaya dropped him. And uh, and and man, how can you not root for a guy like Ronnie Yaya? I was like tweeting earlier, like UCC is, uh, he's won seven out of his last eight, like Dave Dole was saying. I just added on, especially after seeing like the adversity come through. He buried his mom the same week at the fight and still come through uh, against Russell Doan. Third round submission. I mean, just savage, man. And. Uh, Russell Duncan Hassel too, um, but yeah. So so I, I like Yaya here. I played him straight up. I got him at, when he's plus one at one hundred five. I threw a unit on there, and uh, he is uh, the most solid prop I feel good about on the whole card. Um, 
And I so I played a, I played a half unit on sub by plus 150. And I bet small folks, but for what it's worth, that's what I feel most confident about in that department. I'll go ahead and recap that at the end again, too. And uh, he's in a couple for fun uh, parlays. Again, it's a madman sport. My, 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 my parlays are... are very small, just to keep things entertaining, and I'll, I'll still I'll still share them with you if you guys care to know, because I know you probably do. Um, alrighty, next fight. Sorry, I'm getting lost in the tabs here. I took Alpha Brain too, man. I was waiting for everything to kick in. I promise. <laughs> Dan, our expectations are very low. Yes, I know this. I know this. Anyways, next fight. Oh, yes, all right. Montana de la Rosa, but she's not Brazilian. Minus 250 is your favorite versus Nadia Kassim. That's right. It's one of them. I'm bringing that, bringing that back. One of my weird pronunciations that I'm going to pass on in part, hopefully make you have be stuck with it and share my curse. Uh, she is the comeback on Nadia Kassim. It's plus 210. Um, I guess it seems about right, man. Kassim is undefeated, but she's not really proven. Uh, De La Rosa, she's got losses, but wins and losses, I think a much more legitimate sample size, uh, which are pretty pretty obvious if you just look at the record there. Um, obviously, she likes the jiu-jitsu, but you know, I will say, even though it did lead her kind of astray, and she had moments where she kind of lapsed some confidence in it in the uh, Rachel Ostovich fight, um, which I believe was her most recent one, and uh, but you know, surprised me a bit with the, the striking technique. Uh, again, nothing's going to blow you away to write home about, but it's clean and it's technical, and um, she can win rounds with it, especially in that division, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, um, she looks like she's been working a lot of that on the off season, and we haven't seen her since I believe that Ostovich fight, which has been a minute. Uh, she's young in her prime. She's going to look different and, and, and a more improved. So I suspect that. I don't suspect the time off to be that bad. Um, travel in Australia is always suspect, but she seems pretty professional. I mean, her husband's a fighter. They seem to kind of have that type of a household. Uh, listening to interviews, which by the way, again, another shout out to James Lynch. His YouTube channel is just a must, you know, going... To, to see interviews of these fighters, see where they're at in their headspace, where they're training, um, answering some things, uh, which is great, especially for the your opponent for Chasm. I mean, Chasm's out there fucking punching mirrors, uh, just like you know, training, getting pissed off. She seems like a wild girl, by the way. Like you know, with the tattoos and the kind of punk punk. Dan Tom yell about it, by the way. Uh, stay, we, staying professional here. Is she... <laughs> hey. Psychotic is next to our neighbors with the uh, Dan. Keep it, keep it, keep it straight. All right, Cassim, Cassim though she's a uh, got some weapons to watch out for, man. Southpaw, so of course she's got that strong body kick, that left body kick. Um, hands not too much to, to to write home about though either. So um, it'll be interesting to see how those exchanges go. I just feel like the clinch and ground gamers is going to be great options, and Cassim doesn't seem to be too afraid to scramble. So maybe she'll surprise us with a ground game that we're not aware of. But from what I've seen, um, I think there should be a, a, a solid difference there. A solid difference. So, um, aside from doing a f for fun, uh, like I throw like for example, I just throw ten bucks on my main card picks and parlay them together. I haven't been doing that lately, and like 
I actually hit, uh, I know last week, but the, a couple weeks before too, I've, I've been hitting some uh, perfect on the main card picks. And those were always just, you put very little. And when they do hit, it's just, those, are, those are just for fun ones. And again, I'm, I'm throwing very little on those folks. So don't, don't, don't go run with these um, and run to the bank and second mortgage your house or whatever. Anyways, uh, next flight. Yeah, not even the over is high because I could see uh, Della Rosa like, submitting her, by the way. So um, that's probably why the over two and a half is minus 130. All right, uh, next fight, Jimmy Crute minus 135, Sam Alvey plus 115. Of course, you know, uh, I'm going with Alvey. Uh, there's a little bit of bias there. I really like it. I picked against him, too. Of course, I picked against him at the wrong times. Seems like, oh, no, no, I also picked against him when he... It's just when he's just taking fights, and he even admitted it too, and said since he was just kind of taking a little too many fights and not making the best choices for himself. But uh, Alvy, you know, for the way he approaches things, I like 205 for him. And for what the cuts would do into him, I guess, you know, definitely like 205 for him. Um, definitely had a bad showing against uh, Little Nog. Um, you know, uh, I think even his critics. And detractors even had him had him picked pretty solid to win that fight. Uh, so you know that was rough, and I think that's why that's why he was a dog for a guy that was re that's relatively unproven in Jim Crute. I mean, uh, you know, he's a guy that looks like he gets tagged on on, on the feet when even when in fights that he's winning or ends up winning on the feet, like that Birchler fight. He, he was just getting pieced up. Um. I know uh, my man Zane Simon feels me on that. He had a tweet earlier because I, I, uh, it was also a, a shout out to, to, to Tom Feely. Oh my God, it's Feely, uh, who writes the previews over there at Sure Dog. He he, it was a, that's where I saw Zane's tweet because uh, Tom tweeted something and, and uh, I co co signed there. Yeah, I I, I agreed and uh, yeah, I'm on Alvy here. Um, you know, Crute's got a good ground game, obviously, and he showed that against Paul Craig, who, say what you will about Craig, he's a really nice guy and I really like a lot, but, you know, not the, you know, more toward the low, lower totem pole of that division, and I mean that with all due respect, I really like Craig, but for putting that win in perspective, and that's that's his best win, right? And uh, even that, it got kind of dicier than it needed to, but luckily for Crute, he just... He had a pathway he kept going through. It was the same chain, too. It was the same pass, pushed the knee down, had an arm, couldn't head an arm because Craig um, had slim has slim shoulders, especially for that division, and pretty good defense, so was able to stay calm. You give up, go to mount, go for mount. Uh, it would start hunting for stuff, get an arm, step off, to step over, to try to Kimura. Missed it in the second round. Was able to hit it in the third. So he's he's got his routes. The problem is I don't see him getting those routes. Sam Alvey, deceptively strong in the clinch, deceptively good counter wrestler. That is one thing that is consistent in his game. Uh, when guys test him, for the most part, he's always tough. And when they try to oversell to get him to, get him to the ground. That's when guys seem to get into trouble. Um, hence, one of Sam Alvey's Australian fights in Australia against Dylan Andrews, which of course always has the fun kick him in the dick heckler that I was joke with Sam about when he comes on the radio show. But yeah, Alvy is also 2-0 in Australia. Generally, I think aside from his last fight, of course, generally does well playing the hometown spoiler, whether it's Brazil or Australia. 
So, uh, yeah, I actually played Alvi straight up here. Um, I got him at plus 110 earlier in the week. It's kind of gone up and down. It was like plus 120 earlier. I missed that. Now it's back up to plus 115. But uh, I threw a unit on Alvi. Um, I didn't play the KO prop or anything like that, even though that's how I, th I think he's going to catch him. I mean, shit, Kroot's coming in already with marks up on his left eye, so that counter left with the right hook follow-up could be right there for him for sure. Oh, bye. Um, it's just if Sam Alvey's going to throw, which is the question for every Alvey fight. So, yeah, I know what I'm asking for when I throw money on Sam Alvey, but I did it. I'm not saying you should go do it, but I'm coming clean. I'm coming clean. I'm coming clean. Swear to God, I'm coming clean. We're in the prelims. Devontae Smith. Facing Glenn from The Walking Dead. Just kidding, Dong Yen Ma, because Maestro Kim is too confusing. Um, all right, Devontae Smith, minus 250 favorite. Dong Young Kim, plus 210. And, you know, Dong Young Kim, man, he started off very sketchy. I mean, he has, he fucking gets KO'd uh, in that brutal fight against fucking that savage and uh, Dominique Steele. Non-stop action pack steal. And he gets fucking brutally slammed KO'd. Then he has that brutal war with Marco Propoyo Reyes, right? Then Negan takes a fucking bat to him. Just kidding. And, uh... <laughs> and he's put, you know, three wins together since then. Uh, pretty impressive. And, uh... This one I put on my avoid list. Not because you should avoid it. If you like Dong Young Kim, you should play it because... You could quietly look really smart here. Um, for me, man, that decision prop on Dung and Kim looks tempting. I may sprinkle because I stay away. But to me, you either want to play this uh, Smith inside or round one if inside isn't already fucking blown to pieces. And, and I think it is. I think it's like minus 120. So people are really thinking he's just going to, you know, take the bat to him, so to speak. And uh, which could definitely happen. And that's what I'm picking to happen, uh, but I also think Devontae Smith can fight smart. It's just how is he going to respond to pressure? You know, I, I couldn't get over that John Gun Gunther loss early in his career, but he he's shown he can get late wins since. Granted, against lower tier guys, but he's also just shown kind of a sharpness and much more potential. You know, and I don't want to be oh athletic and explosive and all that crap because. Uh, That just seems as uh, as offensive as you will as like the whole you know Izzy statements about being compared to John Jones uh, uh, comparisons, which you know I agree. Um, <laughs> shout out to my buddy James Lanham, who used to be on the amateur fight team, and he ended up being a pro fighter for a little bit too. I think he retired after a win, uh, but he would say the same thing. He's like, "Yeah, I don't get that. Why do the commentators got to all call the black guys explosive?" You know, uh, it always confused me as a kid. Like, what are these good? Are, these, what are, these, uh, are black people more, you know, uh, com combustible than the normal people? Like, well, why, why, why are they all explosive? And uh, you know, the white guys are—I uh, forget what word is. I'm like, yeah, that is true. So I also, uh, so for me, it always, you know, feels kind of subtly racist. He's <laughs> always oh, really, really explosive and. Uh, you know, commentators like not that they're racist or anything, but like you see, commentator, it, it's it, it. To be honest, it's probably more just just poor prep work, and they don't have any other um, descriptors or superlatives. 
But they're just like, you know, you'll hear like the color guy, you know, doing his work and giving his analysis. And maybe you'll hear the play-by-play guy, you know, be like, so athletic, so explosive. (laughs) So explosive, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of know who I'm singling out there. But yeah, uh, so athletic. I just feel like it's like, like kind of taking away from the actual things you can credit a guy for. But anyways, neither here nor there, folks. You know, like, why is Compton, when I was saying this to Justin Willis in the last interview, I'm like, hey, why is the fucking Hamptons, why, why is it I'm going up to the Hamptons, but why is it I'm going down to Compton? You never say, oh, I'm going up to Compton for the weekend. You're like, no, I'm going down to Compton. Oh, be careful when you're going down to Compton. Oh, someone's going up to, it's, anyways, it's kind of funny, a little, little undertones that we tie in common slang. All right, Dan, you're getting sidetracked. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I overscroll to even further my sidetrack. My sidetrackedness. Uh Yeah, Devontae Smith. No, I was like I was saying before I got sidetracked. He, uh, God, he's a character. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, boy. This is like his, his, his most played interviews. The, oh, it's like one of my favorites. But no, he's, he, he uh, and I hated picking against him last time. I knew it was kind of a, one of those dog picks that was more shooting, shooting from the hip than because it's a dog than normal. You know, I went with uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, Julian Arosa there, and uh, and paid for that one. Um, Devontae Smith iced him pretty fast there. And, uh, yeah, he's a part of that whole uh, Factory X movement, and uh, I was going to have Mark Montoya in his corner. And I hate betting against those guys. Those guys are on a run. I'm a big fan. Again, Mark Montoya, Coach of the Year. Um, so I, I think that, in other words, I think Devontae Smith is more than just your proverbial athlete. Uh, but that being said, I, I could totally see Dong Young Kim kind of doing what he did to Brandon O'Reilly or what he did in his last fight uh, to Damian Brown and kind of making it just a slow and ugly fight. And he's a really strong guy as well, so it's not like he's just going to get overpowered, I don't think, in clinch situations by Devontae. So uh, I could see him like doing some cage pressing. That's why it's just a very sketchy fight for me. Um, dog or pass. So I don't blame you if you're on the dog here, but it's on my. If you're asking why it's on my avoid list, that, that's why. All right, next fight: Shane Young minus three twenty is the favorite versus Austin Arnett plus two sixty. Man, I don't do much open parlays, but Shane Young was a guy. Um, I may or may not got when he was in the lower range. Um, I have to check, but. Yeah, he's up to minus 320 now. He definitely wasn't at that at the opener. And I don't blame that. That's This is actually more what I had at line. That's no disrespect to Austin Arnett, who, um, man, you got to give credit where credit's due. And Sig Jitsu's been on a quiet run as well. I mean, uh, again, one of my you know feel-good mo- moments and favorite fights of that whole belt or Hawaii weekend, uh, there was the obvious ones. But that Sam Cecilia, Derek Campos fight low-key was just awesome. To see a guy with his knee like that, trying to keep it hidden. And... Uh, Austin Arnett was up there with Rick Little and uh, was talking to them backstage while we were waiting for Sam to get, uh, get clear from the medical tent. And, um, yeah, they were, they were cool guys uh, cool guys backstage. I know Rick Little. <laughs> it's a lot of crap for telling his fighters to ignore body or leg kicks or something. And I believe in the, he is a... Uh, what is it? He's a altitude altitude truther, 
as uh, I believe one Patrick Wyman uh, tweeted or, or said. But yeah, so that always kind of sticks with me. <laughs> And uh, and uh, I had a nice exchange with them, and and um, I had a fight coming up. I was talking with them about about Kiesa, and uh, just from that, I don't know the, that that exchange with them, I kind of got you know you, you sense, sense kind of good 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 vibes amongst the team, and both those guys kind of came through. And their next fights ended up picking them. Arnett was a dog against Bandanay, but that's because his Bandanay was just overrated from a shitty sample size. So that was I was probably would have been all over anybody opposite him to be honest. Um, but Arnett, you know, it's, it, I think it's more of a pulling the trigger for him. He's really got some skills. I mean, lifelong martial artist, dad, uh, he's a Shotokan karate black belt. I'm guessing that's from his dad because his dad is his lifelong coach and his dad has a karate tattoo on his arm, a low-key Japanese tattoo. So I'm guessing that's where that comes from. Uh, and he's worked a lot in his boxing, you know, he's taken a lot of professional boxing bouts throughout his mixed martial arts career, even as recently as last year, to sharpen up his hands. And... You know, I would argue he has. It's just being consistent. Um, he has been having trouble getting the consistency with rounds. Starts off a little bit slow. And against a guy like Shane Young who's going to be real comfortable and has a real strong pressure game, you know. And uh, I will take some credit here. I was high, high on Shane Young before he came in. And I told everybody, I said, you know, I'm picking Volkanovski like all you guys. But, you know, careful laying this chalk and don't be, you know, shortcutting with inside the distance props. Volkanovski's not going to be able to finish this guy. And Volkanovski's proven to be only beastlier than we've all thought since then, which only makes it look that much more impressive that Shane Young was able to go the distance with him. I mean, Shane Young started off wrestling too, not super high level or anything, but he knows how to wrestle, and he showed that. He can get up. Uh, he's got good cardio. And uh, some technical kickboxing that's only getting better, you know, training at City Kickboxing with Izzy and all them. So I'm really high on Shane Young. So um, as much respect as I give Austin Arnett more than most, um, I uh, I like Shane Young here. I don't know if he's going to be able to get Austin or out of there. It's probably going to be by a decision. Um, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, so, you know, parlay piece or, you know, if you're looking to sprinkle like a degenerate, this is one of many decision props that uh, you could sprinkle on on this card. All right, next fight. Kai Kara France, minus 250. Julian Paiva, I can't say his name very well, plus 210. Um, this one almost made my avoid list, but kind of didn't. I said I do have a sneaky suspicion. I feel like I don't blame anybody throwing, you know, Kai Car or France and something, but you can't overlook this this Paiva kid, man. Um, I feel like he's he's good enough everywhere where it's going to make this kind of a messy fight. This is going to be a scrambly flyweight fight. It's going to be fun. But I could see you sweating a little bit, too, even though you're going to have the hometown favor and the crowd in your favor. But I could see some sweat on this one, too, guys. Um, so I, I kind of stayed away from it, uh, to be honest. Uh, again, maybe France by decision. Maybe you throw him in a for-fun parlay, but I don't know. I wouldn't play sitting too serious. And Paiva, this is weird and tangible because, you know, he hasn't fought. He announced his retirement at a brief point, but... Man, I don't know if you y'all caught up and read the story on him. It's heartbreaking. Like he's, he wins his contender series fight. It's an amazing fight of the night, back and forth, um, against a guy, a pretty legit guy. Uh, not a big name, but as far as the records in comparative to who he's fought, a real good litmus test. And he wins. 
it's, uh, you know, it wins, wins and uh, about two months later, uh, his girlfriend, he's at like a club and I guess is like, some guys are harassing his girl and this guy's a flyweight, you know, and it's Brazil's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've been to Brazil and know about it. But yeah, it's not the most safest place, and this guy's a flyaway. It's not like he's the biggest, most intimidating dude, so I could totally see this scenario happening. And uh, two dudes are. Uh, hold on one second. All right, I'm finally back. Sorry for yet another delay. Um, this podcast listeners are probably familiar. It's one of old Dan Tom's familiar attacks. Uh, long story short, figured out what it was last year after a bunch of testing, just essentially whenever I'm stressed. Not sleeping, not eating right, not exercising. Uh, my body starts literally falling apart. And part of that is I get these crazy, sharp stomach pains that are so painful they pause me and they actually make me lightheaded to where I almost pass out. Um, yeah, it's it's not fun. Uh, and that's what that was. And then, of course, as I, I hit pause and I kind of turn, I didn't even get up out of my seat. But, of course, I'm, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with... with, with you know, these are pretty much Apple stock uh, earphones, but any kind of wired earphones are really grappling hooks because they seem to attach to fucking everything and attach to like a piece of clothing. And my microphone's right here at the edge and pull the microphone out from my computer and caused a big crash. And then when I got everything plugged back in, the microphone was not sounding right. And uh, to shut everything, anyways, it was a long whole fucking ordeal. I thought I, I broke my mic, which hopefully, hopefully I'm sounding okay now. Um, it took a while to get everything figured out and reconfigured. And yeah, this is the kind of shit that I have to deal with, folks. So this is, uh, I'm tr- going to try not to tangent here. This is kind of what I was alluding to, the kind of technical difficulty. This is on a normal fucking basis. And when... That's life. That's fine. That's that's fair. That's unfair. It is fair in life. That that's that's. I get that, man. But again, when you you fucking have sixty to eighty hours worth of fucking shit to do every week, you have little time for anything, uh, much less fucking delays. And that's why I'm barely able to get these to you guys before twenty four hours before fight time. That's probably why. And uh, if I'm sounding tired and underslept and stressed, then you know that Tom did his an- stayed up and did his analysis. And he didn't do any shortcuts, unfortunately. And again, not to tip my hand too much, so I pretty much already am, but changes are coming down the pipe to free me up more to do this more. Back to the sad story, folks. There we go. Picking up on an upbeat, right? Fucking, fucking Pava, Piva, uh, with his girl at the clubs. Dude's fucking hitting on his girl. They actually try to leave the club early, try to avoid conflict, and I guess these people follow follow them. And uh, goddamn, I'm telling the story again. Like this, this, maybe it's like the story that's giving me this reaction because now I feel that kind of attack coming up again. But I'm gonna power through as best I can, hopefully. Um, and these guys follow them, and like uh, he's on a motorcycle, unfortunately, and like I guess this rams him from behind. And Paiva flies off and, like, just sustains minor injuries and he had his helmet on. But I guess, you know, the truck or whatever hit him so hard that the girlfriend's helmet flew off. And she also got dragged, as far as what the description said. And uh, it was, like, fighting for her life in the hospital in critical condition until announced, like, brain dead. It was really sad. Super sad. So 
Yeah, you go to the guy's Instagram. It's a real sad post about her. It's, it's fucking heartbreaking. So you can't help but root for this guy. And, uh... Oh, I don't know if I can bet against a man with the scorn of a broken heart like that, man. So, bet against him at your will. All right, uh, but I got a car France. All right, moving on to the next fight. Hold on. All right, I'm back. Sorry, this this shit's getting old. I know. I'll feel better once I get some breakfast in me. But you know, God forbid I eat because then that would take even longer and delay the podcast even further. You see my dilemmas now. Anyways, thankfully I'm off from uh, radio today and taking some days off next week, so help balance out because you know these week-to-week schedules, man, and they're fucking kill Dan Tom. I come through the finish line by the end of the week just fucking crawling. Unfortunately, because that's when I have to record this thing, and you guys don't get the best of me, unfortunately. So I apologize. Thank you. I will get to the analysis. Uh, Apologize. Podcast. Podcasting energy sucks this week. I apologize, guys. I'll, I'll, I will do better. Enough excuses. I will do better. All right. For myself. All right. Uh, <laughs> Kang, minus 360 is your favorite. Teruto Ishihara, plus 300 is the underdog. Uh, I'm taking Kang here, but I don't know how confident I am. I don't know if I'm, like, minus 360 confident or, like, this would be, like, a, a strong parlay leg or anything. Um... You've seen him counter, you know, uh, with uh, pull counters. Granted, it's from the right-handed stance of Hikardo Hamosh, whereas Turuto Ishihara is his pull counters from the southpaw stance. But they're there. Granted, Kyung Kang recovers really well when he gets hurt. And, oh, excuse me, overall, deceptively long career because there's a military break in there. He's only been stopped once, and that was like, in over 10 years ago in, in a league that allowed soccer kicks, which is what apparently put him out. So, yeah, I don't know how confident I would be in Ishihara to get the finish. He needs to get the finish. He needs to get the win. You know, he's coming off two losses. Uh, looks like he's still been training in Team Alpha Male, uh, shifting it over to Japan as it got closer to this fight, which makes sense because less of a travel time to Australia. But Ishihara not a guy you can depend on. Um, I mean, if you are going to bet him, you might as well bet him at upwards of 300 odds. So I guess I don't blame you for taking a shot. I don't know if it's quite dog or pass, but I don't know if you should be quite so confident in that favorite, if that makes sense. Uh, I think King is going to wrestle him in the body lock and his shots. He counters kicks really well. Um, he's got multiple pass to get this fight to the ground. I think he's going to grind out a safe decision. So, uh, again, um, King's another one. If you're looking to play him. You don't want to lay that kind of chalk. Um, decision prop might be a fun way to sprinkle if you're just trying to keep it fun and degenerate. I know there's limits to those for any serious players out there, but, you know, these are just my opinions. All right. Lando Venata, minus 420. Big favorite over Marcos Mariano. Or Marcos Costa, I think, is the other name. Plus 335. All I know is he's he's only getting in here because of uh, Anderson Silva. He's Anderson's guy. Anderson. As Big Knock says, Anderson. Um, yeah, so his record's not that impressive. He hasn't done well against regional guys. Couldn't really find any tape on this guy, to be honest, guys. So, um, That being said, I did. I may or may not have uh, took some Lando inside the distance chalk in uh, one of my... One of my, in, in, in my uh, 
Yeah, one of my one of my parlays. I don't want to say my lone parlay because I actually had I actually had two. Well, three if you count my one on the main card that I always do for fun by default. But yeah, um, there's Shane Young. Like I said earlier, what else was it? Oh yeah, it was a. Uh, no, no, we'll get to it next. We'll get to it next. It was another prop, though. <laughs> Which, again, I know there are limits, but I don't, I don't, par I don't parley and not a lot. Nor should you, even if you are someone that plays a lot, because that's just, it's just crazy. This is MMA, folks. Um, if you're serious, keep it straight. Uh, yeah. Anyways. I don't know much about Mariano, but yeah, he's been he's been finished before uh, on the feet by submission. Um, seems to be big for the weight class, six one for one fifty five, but hasn't really deterred Venata before. Um, I don't know about submission. Venata hasn't has veered away from that. Has trended more towards striking, and then you look at that. He's you know seems to be in good spirits about it, which is good. But with the Jackson Wing stable. I feel like the guys he listed, not that he's not working with a jiu-jitsu guy, but I feel like it's mainly strikers and the wrestling coach, the, uh, I forget what his name is. He's the darker failure. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, Donald Cerrone's, uh, I think, wrestling coach. Uh, legit dude, I've seen some interviews with him before, and I can't remember his name. Wow, I'm an asshole. All right, um... Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I mean, in other words, I'm not sure how much I'm banking on that. I think it's going to be by TKO, if anything. Um, and, uh, you know, inside is chalked to pieces, of course. Um, he's got that Chandler feel to him. The line's always, this line kind of reflects that, too, you know. It's too dangerous for his own good, that Venata. So he's not a guy that's dependable, but, I mean, this is, this is a kind of, it's got to be a gimme spot, right? It's got to be. So I don't blame you if you're, if you're, Going hard in the paint. It looks like people are because it's up to minus 420. Jesus. Yeah. But this that could definitely, I could, you know, who knows? He could, with Venata, it's like he could so be that fucking parlay buster, right? That he's, he's been that before, so we'll see. All right, next fight. Jylan Turner, minus 240, getting a lot of respect against the Australian vet, Callan Potter, plus 200. Uh, Callan Potter's been around for a minute. Um, you can tell that when you go back and just look by his losses, because most of those losses you actually recognize those names if you're not from, even if you're not familiar with the Australian regional scene. Um, you know, guys like Richard Walsh and so forth. And he's fought at welterweight, uh, good size for a lightweight. Um, where Jalen Turner is, but Jalen Turner is also a decent size for a lightweight, obviously. So I don't know if Potter will have that to rely on, but. He is a vet who has serviceable boxing, and he doesn't seem to be too troubled by southpaws. In fact, two of his last three fights, which were the ones that he won, uh, were against southpaws. So he's 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 had he's had very fresh looks against southpaws. Granted, the tarantula Turner is a man. Setsarna is a bit of a different southpaw. Um, doesn't mean he still can't get hit. We saw him get taxed for being flashy off that spinning shot against Luke. Granted, Luke is a beast, so you can't do that against. And, uh, you know, 
probably suspect on the ground where, where Potter should have the advantage here. Um, I don't know if it's judo or jiu-jitsu, but he appears to be a hanky individual and uh, just has more of a body of work down there, sample size, so to speak. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be more confident there. But uh, he's also do or die, so even though he's a veteran, he doesn't really fight like a veteran. Like, both these guys have, like, one or two decisions between them. I know Turner only has one. I want to say freaking Potter only has, like, one to three between wins and losses. It's fights that have gone the distance. So even though minus 350 is a super chalky line, you could argue that that's pretty low for, you know, 40-plus fights and, in, in, you know, decisions you can count on one hand uh, between the two. So, yeah, by those just numbers alone and the way this, this fight's probably going to line up because, uh, you know, I see it the way most people see it and the way even the betting lines indicate T Turner's going to find his spots on the feet. A lot of, a lot of canvas Callen provides with his tall body. I could see Turner, you know, using body teeps to open up his hard shots up high and kind of just break this cat down. Um, but if he can make it, if Callen can make it an ugly fight in the clinch and even get him down, then it gets really interesting. Uh, and, and Turner's not beyond being hurt on the feet either. You know, he, he's been KO'd there too, and he can be, you know, put in a position, maybe held down and, and be forced to have a TKO stoppage against him either. So, uh, I, I actually put this on my avoid list, but I, I did... I realize that's kind of hypocritical now because, um, yeah, I, uh, I I made that my third leg of my, my chalk parlay, as I call it. If I ever do a parlay, I'll just do a chalk one just for uh, what I feel are the safest. And then it was Shane Young, but not inside the distance, and that this fight does not go the distance. And uh parlayed the three of them together. Um, you know, small beans for most, big big for me because I don't, I, don't, I don't bet a lot. Uh, I just threw 50 on that, and I think it was like 79 in return, so is that like plus? Uh, I can't do the math right now. You do the math, folks. But, yeah, um, just that I just did did that, and that pretty much just covered me for, and then some, uh, for everything else that I've, I've, uh, I've risked. Uh, and it's pretty much a risk of one to three unit ratio, win one to, to, to get three. Uh, for my totals here, and I'm pulling lines off five times for what that's worth. But yeah, that's kind of how I frame it in my mind. When I again, I, if you're serious about betting, you shouldn't even be doing parlays in the first place. I don't recommend it. I'm just being honest in what I do, and also being very honest and upfront that it's for entertainment. Uh, up, up, honest, but but uh, for entertainment for not just for you, but for me, it just keeps it you know degenerate, keeps it fun. Uh, that's why I'm betting very small amounts, and recommend you if you decide to bet, do the same. Again, I'm not, I'm not one of those cats trying to tell you where, where, where to put your money. Plenty of people to go that uh, go to that for, by the way. So, um, you don't need me. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I, I put those three together. And the other one I did for fun was, uh, and I'll recap these here when we get to the end, but uh, I put uh, Alvi and Yaya together, just some two low numbers for, for, for fun there. I did that. Uh, I kind of did that for Aldo and, and Maya. You know, a, a low favorite and a, a dog that I, I you know, not, 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 a, not the biggest dog in the world, Aldo was either, but was my most confident dog in the card. And uh, I just paired those together, and that ended up saving my ass last week for Fortaleza, by the way. Maya Sub, by the way, that was a fucking gift. God damn. So I wish I did the podcast, too. That was a... Uh, 
pretty much had analysis and tape cram for all those fights, minus like three or four of the bottom prelims, and just kind of gave up with everything going on in the week. And, and yeah, and anyways, neither here nor there, folks. Sorry. Next fight. Um, <clears throat> oh, last fight. Uh, we got Jonathan Martinez, Pedro. Looks like Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite at minus 155 versus Brand plus 135. You know, I love saying his name. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Uh, I'm actually taking here uh, as a dog. Uh, I was originally leaning toward Martinez, not, not just because he's a favorite, just because from what I remembered, uh, Southpaw striker, scramble, serviceable wrestling, but just nothing really impressive, you know? And I'm not... And I'm a guy who actually holds a Sukumthat, Andre Sukumthat, uh, in higher respect than than most. Uh, and even then, I just still wasn't wasn't too impressed, even in a defeat there. And I know it was short notice and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, the guy makes a good account for himself for being a guy that looks more like a flyweight. Uh, thankfully for him, he can fight at bantamweight because who knows what's going on there with the UFC. But Ulutzibiran. He's like a very athletic cat, and, um, you know, he's, he's in his prime, entering his prime, 28 years old, I believe, and uh, it's like he's been training down at Jackson Wink again, part of those Chinese expansion team guys, and uh, they seem to get better, uh, and I would argue overperform a lot of these Chinese players uh, as of late. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's a very safe thing to say. Now, he isn't toward the top of that pack. He is not like a... Song Yadong or uh, Wei Lei Zhang uh, or anything like that, but like not Song Yadong. Yadong. God damn. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I get confused. Whatever. It is. I don't know. Too many Chinese names. It's not enough sleep this week, guys. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, he he he's got a serviceable game. They're both serviceable games. It feels like he's a little more athletic, and I feel like he's gonna be stronger in the clinch. Um. He's been hurt in boxing range, but that seems to be the weaker part of Martinez's striking game. He's more of a kicker, like a lot of fighters who fight from the southpaw stance will be. Um, but Buren seems to handle himself fine from that range, especially training in Jackson Wink. So uh, I actually have him here for the upset. Um, it's on my fights to avoid because it's just very low level and they're very just kind of a wash of a skill set styles-wise. So that's probably why the line is as close as it is. Um, I might... I may put a just to keep things interesting for me, but yeah, I'm not recommending anybody anybody play this fight. All right, recapping the picks from top to bottom. I have Robert Whitaker beating Kelvin Gastelum, Israel Adesanya beating Anderson Silva, Hani Yaya beating Ricky Simone, Montana De La Rosa beating Nadia Kassim, Sam Alvey beating Jimmy Crute. Devontae Smith beating Glenn from The Walking Dead. Shane Young beating Austin Arnett. Kai Kara France beating Paiva. Kyung Ho Kang defeating Teruto Ishihara. Lando Venata defeating uh, Anderson Silva's friend. <laughs> Jacqueline Turner defeating Kalen Potter. And uh, Lutzi Duran beating, uh, I'll call him Pedro, Jonathan Pedro Martinez. Uh, 
played Alvi. Uh, one unit, yeah, yeah, one unit, yeah, yeah, by sub, half a unit, uh, plus 150. Uh, sprinkled on some decision props there. And uh, parlayed, uh, parlayed my main card picks. Did a little parlay pairing of Alvi and Yaya, and then did a chalk parlay of uh, Young, Venata uh, inside the distance, and Potter Turner does not go the distance. We'll see if those hit. All right, good luck to you on whatever your plays are. Regardless if you play the fights, enjoy the fight. That's the important part. We all, including myself, need to remember uh, from time to time. Uh, so yeah, enjoy your weekends and always protect the enemy.